0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
1: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment, food as sport, food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. My guest today is professional mixed martial artist Garrett Fosdick. You can find him on Instagram at Fozzy Fighting. Garrett Fosdick, welcome to the American Glutton podcast.
3: What's up? How's it going? It's going good. Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, no problem, man. I, I mean, I see you in the, in the gym training with Marquez all the time, and I saw that, that post of uh you you you, when you were heavier and i just was like hey you know i was heavier too so i was like i gotta show him this too a lot of people don't know that it's it well (laughs) you know look
2: you went from very overweight to a professional athlete so that's something i'm super interested in like how did that happen
3: well so like i've always been like kind of a bigger guy uh I was never been like too tall in wrestling and stuff like that. I've always wrestled throughout my whole life, but I was always like that kind of like a butterball, you know, big boy, but just moved well. And then, uh, so I've always been an athlete, but I've always just been a heavy athlete. And then probably after college, you know, it's like long story short, I'm sure we'll get more into it. Uh, I just met a doctor and he was like, listen, dude, like, you know, you really got to get a hold of that, or like, you're just gonna live your whole life like this, you know. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that. That mm-hmm. and like eating, eating as a heavyweight, you know, at 285 is kind of like a job. You work really hard, you lose weight, but you don't want to be like the small guy out there on the mat. So you like had it, to eat like a job. Is that what you fight at? 285. I oh. thought it went. No, 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 not anymore. I don't want to get hit in the head. Cause There's a difference between wrestling and like getting hit by a 285er, but uh. Right. No, I uh, fight 185 and 205.
2: 185 and 205. So that's a that's over a hundred pounds just in that from that weight class.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I like I think the heaviest, like I said, the heaviest I ever weighed was about 315, and like that was like after you know, like my collegiate career was over. I was still around the schools, you know, drinking heavily because it was like still the, you know, you're in college, you're at college, you're having fun and then uh when i get out when i weigh in i'm 185 so it's like when i actually fight and weigh 185 i'm like more than 100 pounds than i once was were you cutting weight to wrestle at 285 um probably probably the last year i had to be careful cuz like 2 i was like i would uh the lowest i would get sometimes would be about 265 and then sometimes i would be like there was a point where when I was early because I used to be a really like a like not as big as the other heavyweights there was a point where I lost a lot of weight and we talked about 197 but then um, my coaches were very much like no you need to eat like three waffles after every meal <laughs> I was right. like all right I'll do that yeah which is you know and bad then
2: habits. getting up to 315 that was just like you weren't active anymore and
3: so Yeah. I just wasn't active anymore. And my eating habits, you know, were still like, cause that's, that's the hardest thing to stop. That was the hardest thing to stop for me. So my eating habits were still like I'm training three times a day and I need to be like a surplus of weight. So then I would just keep on eating and then I wouldn't be training like I used to. So it just stay on. And then eventually I kind of like it got ahead of me and I was like, Oh man, I'm like really big now.
2: Right. And, and what did the, what was the doctor's advice? What did he tell
3: you to do? Um, you know, he knew that I was an athlete and it was, uh, I'm, 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 I'm blanking on the doctor's name, but he was like associated with, um, the university I, uh, wrestled for and I would always see him, but he was very like straight to the point. He's like, yeah, you know, you know how to lose weight. You're a wrestler, you know, you know, you know what to do. It's simply like good diet exercise. There's no, there's like, I'm very like hard nosed when it comes to losing weight. There's no like secret serum or. You just gotta like work hard and stay healthier, you know. And uh, that's pretty much what I did. I just was like, all right, well, you know, boiled chicken and rice, it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I
2: think went after it. That derails people is the motivation, right? Like, if you got a a guy who's who's got who's got all these bad habits built up, and then his motivation is simply weight loss that can be hard i i i mean when you were doing that were you thinking i'm gonna be a professional athlete i can't you know 285 you you would have to cut i i think the max in mma is 265 right yeah
3: 265
2: yeah so you would have had to cut Cut it
3: regardless right yeah um uh I think I always knew that I wanted to be as like a smaller weight class in fighting. And that definitely motivated me. Um, but a big motivation was just like personal health. You know, um, my goals as a a professional fighter, um, they're still going and continuing to go. Uh, but early on, I remember first coming here and getting with the black civilians and then getting with, um, like Henry hoof with a hard knocks, whatever name they've gone through. But, Um, and being heavier and then meeting guys that are, were like, you know, top tier, like Linton Vassell, like Steve Mallory, like, uh, and being a heavyweight to me like, okay, maybe I'm not really heavyweight. I need to like, think about this. So like, that was a huge motivation because I can compete better at a a smaller weight class. Right. Like a hundred percent. Yeah. And then your health. uh, Yeah. My health, that was, that was super important because like, you know. I'm from I'm from Virginia, so it's kind of like Southern Whole Foods and stuff like that. And my mom's a big lady, my dad's a pretty big lady, and I mean, not lady, sorry. <laughs> my dad's a pretty big man. And I was very much like, well, you know, seeing that they're when they're older and all the health issues they're running into, like I I didn't want to have to deal with that. Yeah,
2: know? yeah. So that
3: that was a surplus. So many people
2: in America, you know, we have these kind of public scares and we had covid which was super scary a lot of people died but so many people die every year in america from heart disease and yeah. a, a big contributing factor to that is obesity
3: for sure and i think uh i know i know it's a hard button but i definitely think americans are less um they're like it's okay don't worry about it i feel like it's not a pre- like they don't put um emphasis on like hey man like like if you see a very heavy set friend we're almost like oh man it's all good shake it off you know but like being in the community that i'm in like every day you see a guy with like an eight pack you know what right. i mean so they're very much like hey man like you looking kind of thick and you're like dude i'm on i'm a like 20 percent body fat what are you talking about he's like no you need to be at three you know but right it's just uh but like i mean that's like an outliner when it comes to like america but i definitely think uh we're definitely softer on the aspects of like you know, body positivity is like, okay. But then when it's like neglecting your personal health, that's like no longer. Okay. You know what it, I mean?
2: Yeah. It's this, it's this weird thing where I I try to think about like um, the human it's like, seems like human nature to me to try to make everything as efficient as possible. And obviously if we, as a, a species, have a history of famine, we want to, we want to, combat that by having as much food accessible, like find out how to store and preserve food. You know, like before there were even preservatives, people were canning and jarring and Mm. smoking meats and like figuring out ways to pack grain, you know, uh, and, and keep it as fresh as possible for as long as possible. So that's just in our nature. And then we wake up one day and it's like, well, we've succeeded utterly succeeded beyond when our ancestors had no idea that there would ever be such not food scarcity in one place. And then the reaction is to consume it. Right. You know, like it's hard, it's, it's, it's understandable that if we're working so hard to make food so accessible that then our bodies are like, Hey, if I can save up energy in the form of fat, why not do it? So that's all understandable. And then you have these un- unintended consequences of like heart disease and type two diabetes and like, you know, the discomfort, like it's hard on the feet and ankles and joints and it's not comfortable. It's hard to breathe, like all of that. So it is kind of a mind fuck in that way. Um, yeah, 100 percent hard to navigate. But like, yeah, I I think there is a- a plenty of evidence to suggest that obesity can be uh socially contagious so like if you find yourself around a lot of obese people odds are you become obese the, the odds are greater that you become obese and so yeah like it's hard to fight it's it's a fight
3: yeah 100 i think i agree with you on that that aspect it's like a like it can be a social like because like not trying to point out families that are all heavy set but normally when you have like one heavy set person, there's normally like others or a mother or a father or brothers and sisters and stuff like that, friends and stuff like that. It's building up habits. Right. So like I lived with, uh, I lived with Marquez, like one of your personal trainers. Like I lived with him for like, shoot, uh, almost four years. And I also lim- lived with Linton. Right. like, you know, Linton, he's like a specimen and like, yeah. that's the people I lived with when I first came down here. It's funny that you say this because like I had to educate myself on the way they eat and the way Linton eat. There was, I feel like when Linton was at two oh five, he ate differently. He never used a single oil. Right. He was so strict when it came to like the types of fats and oils that he used. A lot of times he cooked with water. And I was like, Okay, are you boiling it? He's like, No, I just like use water so it doesn't stick to the pan. I was like, Why don't you use like olive oil? He's like, I can't. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, Oh, right. you can't. And like, so I, I developed a lot of like good habits through Linton and Marquez watching. And sometimes Marquez, uh, Marquez, I noticed, and a lot of people don't do it like this, but Marquez is a big uh, f- fluid. Like he, everything he, eat, he eats is like fluid sometimes. Like he doesn't ever. sometimes doesn't sit down and have like a solid meal, but he'll take all his nutrition in through like a fluid, like, the dude has some of the best tasting shakes you've ever had in your life. He'll be like, yo, taste this. Be like 11 o'clock. And he's like, kind of hungry. He's like, taste this. I'll be like, all right. And I'm like, Oh man. He's like, yeah, that's my meal replacement. I was like, Oh, that's really good. But yeah. So like definitely surrounding yourself with people that have similar goals and similar uh, like practices, I guess you could say. And, and when you, when you want to lose weight is definitely like a, like a almost like a fast track and easy pass to like, getting the weight off. Cause you're no longer having a friend. And that's when I would lived in Tennessee. So I always had friends that would be like, Hey man, it's wing night. Right. You want to go watch the game and have a couple beers and like a couple beers turned into 10 and you know, 50 wings. And you're like, oh, okay. So like being around people that share the same, um, you know, passion with like, uh, like healthiness, you know, being healthy.
2: Yeah. I think for people who, are struggling who want to lose weight the, there is something about surrounding yourself with people that are like-minded in that way. You know what I mean? Even if that just means going to a gym because you know, there are going to be other people there pursuing that. I think yeah. that's better than never going to a gym and, you know, I'm not saying like ditch all your fat friends. That's not, that's not yeah. the idea. But like I, as a sober guy, you know when I got sober there was a minute where I was like I can't just go hang out with people doing drugs you know what I mean mm-hmm. like this sobriety' is fragile and so if if you're overweight and like something you and your friends do is go hit the buffet and eat until you're sick maybe you don't do that with them anymore you yeah. know what I mean like it's just like because there is some social you know the other thing that's kind of big in the news right now is the um the idea that it's all genetics and to that you know where it seems like it's being presented as this reason to not do anything about it well like people are like give up yeah it's genetics, so you can't do anything about it and and i would just say like you know the susceptibility to melanoma skin cancer could also be genetic and in if that's the case do we just say, well, that person should live their life as, uh, you know, anybody and not be take precaution and go in the sun all day long and not wear sunscreen or whatever the, the thing is. Obviously, if somebody gets skin cancer, it's tragic. It's yeah. harmful to their life, but it could be there could be a genetic component. And then so what do we do? What are we doing? Should we normalize that or should we try to find? solutions to that you know it's it's the weirdest thing so maybe part of the obesity crisis is genetic okay that doesn't mean we don't we stop that doesn't mean you give up right
3: yeah and i think uh you're saying like i i've heard that argument and stuff like that and like i very much like i would say i'm probably like being a fighter i I put on weight pretty easily you know like i go i go home for a week and go see mama you know like i have a couple of plates of biscuits and gravy and i'm like back up to 230 like just like that yeah but and the thing is is like that doesn't determine that like i'm destined to be overweight right i mean it's kind of like if you're gonna say it's genetics i would say it just it's just a level of difficulty right i look at it like that like if you're like if you're if you have a a genetic disorder that makes you a little bit heavier than everyone else, or like you are obese genetically, I think it's more on the, I look at it more. I think maybe that is scientific. There's some proof behind it, but I don't think it's like, Oh, well you should just give up and be, you know, lazy and heavy. I'm like, no, that just makes it harder. And like, I'm a religious person. And like, sometimes like God gives you like a path that's more difficult than others to make you appreciate it a little bit more. So like, if you say like, Oh, you're genetically, you know, obese, then not, you're not going to be obese. That just makes you like, it makes it a little difficult, you know, just work I, harder. Totally. I, and, and
2: I think with anything, you know, um, some people have learning disabilities and we can have compassion for them and, and go and recognize that like, not everybody's going to learn to see to read at the same rate and it's going to be more difficult. To, and, 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 you know, some people are going to be more gifted in athletics and less gifted here, and and excel at different stuff. And it's like everybody's got a path. Okay, my genes predispose me to storing fat possibly at a higher rate, or predispose yeah. me to higher, you know, than necessary rates of hunger. Well, okay, great. I, I also you know, want to do drugs and I don't do that. And maybe there's some gene in me that wants to comfort myself with drugs. I don't know, but like, there's plenty that, um, I have to fight against and overcome. And the idea that anybody just would take that and go like, no, we should accept this. I don't know. It it sits funny with me.
3: Yeah. A hundred percent. I agree with you. A hundred percent. Uh, especially in the way you put it in different like scenarios, like learning dis- Like if someone says like, Hey man, you're dyslexic, never learn how to read. Sorry. Right. Cause like I, I, I like me growing up, I was on an IAP. Like I had a, like a adjustment, whatever learning thing. And like reading was difficult for me. So like, but that I also graduated, graduated uh, King university with a college degree, you know, and um, you should work harder, you know?
2: Right. And then, you know, then there are people who smoke cigarettes and like, you know, there are people that jump out of airplanes for fun. And and like, I go like, none of that seems safe. They ride motorcycles without helmets. Adrenaline you know. junkie. Impa.
3: No, I'm just going to say, that. like, if he <laughs> listens to that, I was like, Impa, get your damn helmet on. He was downtown this weekend. I'm sorry. On a like, motorcycle without a helmet. Yeah. And yes. I was like, dude an so, Impa, what are you doing, bro? You're a professional athlete. Right. I <laughs> want to protect your
2: nuggets. I wonder which no, kills you more statistically faster, riding a motorcycle without a helmet. By the way, you're talking about Florida. That's like I know, dude. the most so crazy drivers it, yeah. on earth. Yeah. That or being obese. Be obese, you probably you probably have an edge on the motorcycle guys, honestly. Yeah, so like true. So then there's in, the
3: in South Florida. Yeah, for right.
2: sure. You, you know, then there's that to, to think about like health doesn't always have to be like a primary factor in our decisions because it's not and comfort. Also, like people get tattoos, people get piercings. That's not comfortable. There's nothing about getting a tattoo unless you're like some kind of masochist where you're like, oh, this is just sheer pleasure having somebody stab ink into my skin. Yeah, true. Um, people wear I mean, women wear high heels. Have you ever tried on a high heel? It's the worst. It's a torture device and they what? wear this every day. It's crazy. So, I, you know, it's, it's all very confused to me, but I do not understand the current like impulse to say, you shouldn't want to change it or to, you know, I don't know. It just, it just sits wrong with me.
3: You know, it's funny you brought up the aspects of, like, uh, like people living with pain and stuff like that. And I think for some people that are heavy, I know that it, it their, uh, their weight is a lot to do with, like, um, maybe emotional trauma or physical trauma. So they're, like, very much, like, kind of live with the pain. Or, like, I know some people that are, like, this is, like, kind of off topic, but people, like, women mostly, or sometimes men that have like, uh, suffered through sexual abuse or something like that. A lot of the cases they're they're like obese and they're heavy because they they almost like fear the aspect of like being attractive.
0: Yeah. I don't
3: know if that's, that's what it is, but I know that like, that sometimes comes into play in the aspects of like, uh, emotional and like mental abuse. And then it kind of like projects itself out there physically through like eating and trying to find that comfort. And Stuff like that. And I think that's another thing is like sometimes, you know, not so much finding the friends or finding the people that can like physically, you know, your environment around you change your eating habits or like your health and stuff like that. But you need to also figure out what poison you kind of have. And you need, maybe you need to go see a psychiatrist. Maybe you need to fix issues mentally before you start attacking your physical you know right. and that's i think that's another like huge deal with obesity in america for sure yeah
2: no i agree i i had a random conversation with a guy today and he was asking like what do i recommend and a- everything we talked about i was like well you got to address your behavior i think before you even start a diet because you know that that's going to play a bigger role in the long term certainly than how you eat for a couple of months yeah, um, you know, if you can develop new habits and change the way you're, you're using food as a crutch or as a, uh, comfort or whatever it is. And, 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 you know, that's not to say that every now and again, having a meal cooked by your mom, that's like <laughs> insanely high in calories, isn't a nice thing to do. But like, if we're going to the diner every night and trying to recreate that nostalgia of our childhood, um, that can become unhealthy.
3: Yeah. hundred percent. I think I have my mother's chip beef and gravy like once a year. And I think that's dangerous enough. Right? Oh, man. That, is like-
2: that sounds good. Do you put it on
3: toast? <laughs> oh yeah. She does like the, the, like with the white trash away, you know yeah. what I mean? It's just like toast gravy and a little like, uh, was it, um, I forget what kind of meat she uses, which is like chip beef, you know? Yeah. But it's good. It's yeah. like so bad. It's like literally like seven Paula Deen, seven sticks of butter or something crazy like that. You know? Yeah. But
2: it's good. That it's sounds good. like a perfect meal to be honest with you. Yeah, um, for sure. What was the, the, uh, the, when you, when you saw this doctor, he had this conversation with you. You started down this path. Was it no, you never looked back?
3: Yeah, man. I um like, I know this sounds like kind of like, self-centered like kind of egotistical but like i started seeing results in my legs like i was like riding the bike one day and i was like i looked down at my thigh and i was like is that a fucking vein i was like is that fucking i was like oh shit because i've always had huge legs i just had big old legs (laughs) but then i started seeing the definition of my legs and and then that's when i think it became i remember the day i was like on the bike and then i went to my roommate his name is jesse masters and i was like i was like dude i got like a vein on my life. He's like, welcome to the club. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, I think I'm, I think now, now that it took like, it took about four months, four to five months to see. And I think that's what hurts people the most. They think they're going to go to the gym for three weeks and they'll see result. And that's not how it works. And that right. sucks. It was like, I went to the gym and I'm, a, I'm a, I was like a college wrestler. Like I was like, I was expecting result and I just kept on with the grind. And then once I saw that result, the vein in the leg. And I was like, yeah, it's a good, pretty good feeling. And then I, I just kept on going. And I don't think I was like very, I wasn't satisfied. Like, I mean, I'm always comfortable in my own skin most of the time. Like I want to be like fit, but I wasn't super satisfied until I was about two Oh five. So when I was two Oh five and that was like, I was a pro I was probably down in Florida. That was probably about three or four years ago. And when I saw, like, once I started working with Henry and then I, I got done 205 because I was getting ready to 185, I was walking around. I was like, that, that's when I was like, all right, I'm good. I'm happy. You know, it first started off with health. And then once I saw that vein, what really motivated me is now I wanted. it was like, almost like I was sculpting. Right. I was like, all right, well, now I'm going to like make this like a serious thing. And like being a, like being like, if I've ever, like, if I came to a point where like, I felt like I couldn't do any more. Like that motiva- motivated me. It was like I have to get, I have to fight at 85. Like it's like I can't just show up on fight day at 120. I mean 220. Right. You know I have to be at 185. And I think that. And then, with that being like, man, I look. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in
1: your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out.
3: like i don't know i sent you that um link on um instagram of the picture of me but if you go through my story and you find that same picture you click on it and there's like it's like a scroll through and it's like that's when i was the most like that's when i was happy i was like 220 i was like 210 28 208 205 i don't know the exact number because i drink a gallon of water you weigh like completely different but that's when i was like when I s- posted that picture and when I posted the slide picture, that was that was the day of the photo, and I was like super happy with it. Yeah. yeah, what do you weigh today? Oh, um, I didn't weigh out after practice, but I'm probably like uh, 210. 210. I'd say 210. So yeah. you're still very happy with your weight, right? Yeah, I'm very like comfortable, but then I also like train three times a day, so I, I don't really have time to <laughs> get crazy. But I would say I would because now that I've learned like. The cut weight process is something that I don't try to describe to any, like I call them like muggles, non-magical people. Right. <laughs> right. I try no, not to, I'm listen, like, listen,
2: I want to ask you about it. I want to hear about it, but I do want to preface it by saying like, this is not a weight loss strategy no, for anyone. This is crazy. No yeah, one this should do crazy. this. This is yeah, a professional athlete getting ready for a professional athletic yeah. endeavor.
3: The only other sport I think that does it, as aggressive as fighters is, uh, like Olympic, like bodybuilders, you know, like, you know, they, they do it. They do it crazy. Like I had a buddy, um, what's his name? Uh, Trent, Justin Trent, he's out of Tennessee, but he did uh, a show once and I like touched his skin and his muscles. And I was like, bro, you're like all bone. Like it's gross. Like he was like, like he was cramping. He was literally cramping right there. Yeah. But I I could talk about the weight cut process. Yeah. The weight cut process. Yeah. That is not for normal people. So like when fighters, we try to get like, some fighters do it differently. Some fighters are very aggressive and they do it like 20 pounds from weight and all this stuff. Me, I'm, I'm kind of a little wimp. Like I have to get, I have to diet down pretty far and then I'll cut the water. Right. Um, I would say on fight day, I probably cut, 10 pounds of water weight. But that's the thing. Like a lot of people are like, Oh my God, like the last, this last week, you've lost like 20 pounds, 22 pounds. Like you lost 15 pounds in eight hours. I'm like, it's not pounds, not, it's not pounds. And it's not healthy. hundred percent not healthy. It's only to be at this weight for like a fraction of a second. And then you like, just guzzle water. Yeah. And, and that's what it is. It's all water weight and all like, uh, micronutrition and stuff like that. Like things that are in your muscle, like through the water and you like piss it out or whatever, like iron, salt, all that stuff. But like when people are like, Hey man, how do you make me like lose weight and get like shredded up like that? I'm like, you don't, you just don't, you can't live that. You can't live your life like that. There's like, and that's the thing. And that's another thing America does is they have this, like, like you see on Instagram, all these guys that like are shredded with six packs and all this stuff. And they post images. And I was like, well, if you ask them to send up, you see that photo and and maybe it's like 48 hours after the photo or whatever you tell them, Hey, send me a photo. Now they're going to look like 25 pounds heavier. (laughs) Yeah. It's like,
2: or or they're on a lot of drugs.
3: Yeah. They're on a lot. They're on like, they're on like trend, like trend, like just shredding them out and stuff like that. It's like completely unnatural.
2: Right. Which is also incredibly <clears throat> unhealthy. Like either side of that, I I dieted down for a photo shoot once and I couldn't, I remember like doing a double bi, bicep pose, like just throwing your arms up and and flexing and my vision would go away. Like it would go yeah. to black and, and uh, then I'd, yeah, I'd have to stop. I'd get lightheaded. They'd put a chair. I'd like lean on it. Like, what the fuck is this? It's the worst feeling.
3: Yeah one time when I was cutting weight and I was at practice and I think it was like a, it was a Monday. It was like fight week. It was a Monday and I was training with Sato um, like, you know, Sato um, but uh, I was doing the drills and I just remember like my blood sugar dropped or something. And like, I just lost. And I just, we were going take down and up and I, every single time I got up, I was like, Oh, and then Sato was like holding me. He's like, yeah, keep working. <laughs> I, was, I was like, Oh God. Oh God. But I swear, like, by the end of it, I was like, I'm going to die. I think I'm going to die, but yeah. yeah, like no normal person should ever like put themselves on a, on a, on a, level, maybe, maybe once, maybe like in the aspect, cause like, as a Marquez always says like, every single time I cut weight, I feel like I'm close to God, you know what I'm mean? <laughs> And, and, and like, it's true. It's like what monks do, you know, or like, uh, people like do religious fasts and stuff like that. That's literally what we're doing. It's like a, like, no, like no food for like more than 24 hours sometimes but it's like it's pretty like it's yeah it's it's just not something and are anyone you are you cutting out salt too are you getting off the yeah salt i thing? do yeah when i do cut weight i, I normally cut salt like a weekend like wow. i have like six or maybe six maybe five days without like added salt so like I, no added salt because normally like if i'm like If I'm cooking something up, I'm like spices and stuff like that. i got a cabinet over there with like 30 different spices, but I'm all about spice. But yeah. So when you get, when you get fight week, you try to avoid the salt, but it all depends on like how your diet went and um, where you are on your water. And uh, one thing that I've been blessed with is to work with uh, one of our strength training coach, uh, uh, Peacock, you know, um, Corey Peacock. Yeah. Um, But he, he very much like, has perfected the aspect of like, you know, you do two gallons, gallon and a half, a gallon, you start losing the water. And eventually what that does is it tricks your body the, to dropping the water. But then it, like your body is in like a, a state where it's dropping all the water, but then you start cutting the water back and it doesn't have enough time to kind of like react. So then you pretty much like trick your body into dehydrating itself because it thinks it has enough water. Right. but then like your water flushes out and then, and then you're lean, man. You look like a Greek God and it's great. And you all you want is like a banana and some like uh Gatorade for like, however long it takes the commissions to weigh you in. Right. <laughs> so yeah. That's pretty much like. it, 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 it.
2: You it know, I, I do think there is um, some aspect of like the crash diets that become popular in America that, that mirror that, that are just like so extreme where it's like, it, okay, you want to do this diet. Great. It's 600 calories a day and you do it for 30 days and you lose X amount of weight. And, and it's not so much about dehydrating yourself, but it is about being so extreme. And and I think like anything like that, it's not sustainable. And then you put your body into a state where it just wants the weight back. Like I, I'm yeah, sure you gain 20 pounds overnight when you do that.
3: Oh yeah. When I walk in the cage, like if I'm fighting 85, 185 i'm walking in a cage like 205 210 right like i'm back i'm like
2: that's 24 hours your body puts that water yeah. back and it fills the muscles yeah. up you know so it, it to me it's just not like if you, and, if you if you wanted to go from where you were at 315 down to 210 to 205 210 and you were like here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do what i do to cut weight you die you probably die yeah you die process. yeah
3: for sure Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people see all these, like some, like what, I don't know what you call what kind of workouts are, but they're those drastic workouts. They're for quick results and they don't last because I feel like a lot of the times, like your body only like has to take a longer amount of time for you to, how do I say this? Like, if you want the results to stay, it's going to take a gradual and it's kind of like the tortoise and the hare, right? It's got to be a tortoise. Like it's got to be steady and constant and it keeps on going and you keep on dieting and your results, the longer you do it, the longer you do good diet, the longer you work out and stay constant, the longer your results will stay. If you like do something drastic or like two weeks and you see a little result, well, it it's going to take that much time to come back. It's like a short amount of time. Like, yeah. And a lot of people think, I mean, sure, if you do that crazy stuff for a a crazy long amount of time yeah it'll work but it only worked because you did it as long as you did it right you do like a two-week crazy thing you're going to see good results but it's going to take seven days to put that weight back on
2: yeah and and it's
3: it's not gonna it's not gonna be you know set in stone and you know
2: right with with the extreme stuff i my experience was cuz i did a, i did plenty of those diets where where you just are eating next to nothing you're lightheaded all the time and my body um if i'm losing weight now and i'm dieting and 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 now it it really is no more than a 20 pound kind of swing from my absolute leanest to where i'm like comfortable to just live my life. Right. And I am maintaining my weight very happily. And then there will be a movie or something that I'm going to go do or or a photo shoot. And it's
3: like, no, I got to get a large popcorn. Oh, (laughs) you said movie. My bad. I thought you were watching.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and if I do it very slowly, I can get to this place where my body's not freaking out and like making me insane. But if I do it very quickly, the minute that i'm like not doing that anymore my body's doing everything in its power to just
3: restock the weight because it, it thought yeah. i was dying yeah it, it's pretty much like the concept of like hey yo we were like it's almost like hibernation right it's almost like hey man we just start for like three a couple of days we're gonna like make sure that doesn't happen again yeah. you know and it's like wow let's hoard let's hoard all this nutrition yeah, you know, and then make fat and stuff like that. But if if you how think, do you feel about like fasting yeah. and stuff like that? Are you a big faster?
2: I'm not a big faster. I've looked at a lot of the um, literature on it, and honestly, the the thing that interests me the most is in uh, the it it does appear to have some effect on cancer. Like that oh, is sure. I I don't have cancer, and it doesn't run in my family. But like there there is some stuff that that looks like um people who fast a couple times a year um you know not these extreme long things uh but that it, it can you know and I I haven't done all the research I don't think it's I'm not a fan of it for weight loss
3: well like intermediate fasting that's what I mean like uh like the whole I don't know that some people do like four hour windows where they can eat and some people do six hour windows where they can eat. Yeah. Uh, I
2: I think if you're trying to lose weight, what you eat in that
3: window still makes it matters. Yeah. Yeah. So can't just be like, Oh, I fasted all day. I'm going to eat seven slices of pizza. (laughs) Right. It's not,
2: that's not going to be good for lean tissue. And like, I mean, it all depends if, if a person finds it easier to reduce their total consumption of food by giving themselves a smaller window, then it's great. But there was a, a director who's a good friend of mine, Kevin Smith, and he lost a lot of weight intermittent fasting. And then it got to the point where he was gaining weight while intermittent fasting. And he was like, What the fuck is this? I was supposed but to be able just to eat happened. whatever I want. Yeah. And yeah. he's eating, you know, um basically vegetarian fast food all day and vegetarian ice cream and and in his 4 hour window and gaining weight and so now he does intermittent fasting but he's dieting in his 4 hours like he's really really still restrictive
3: yeah. and
2: like that's what works for him so that's great but i that would not work for me
3: so when i was when i was getting to about i would say about probably 230 Two, like in the 230, 240s, like still kind of a big guy, but like I've lost, like I'm starting to look in a way better shape. Um, That's when I started kind of doing intermediate fasting and I started experimenting with it more, but I very much did what we're talking about. Like I was like, I saw that like, oh, I ate what I wanted and then I didn't start, I didn't see results anymore. And then I was like, well, now I'm gonna eat super clean. But like what I learned is like, I had a pretty, I still have a pretty good metabolism and I was very much like, all right, well, I'm just going to, instead of eating like, you know, one or two things that fill me up and it like, it like helps like makes me feel good or like pizza or whatever, like pasta or something like that. And I'm going to, now I'm going to eat like, I'm going to eat like four chicken breast and like a pound of spinach. Yeah. Like, and I'm still going to feel stuffed. I'm going to feel gorged, but it's like all super clean. And like if just if you if you look back at my instagrams like one thing I liked is I sometimes posted like the food I was eating like eat he- eat cleaner eat healthier and that's actually one of the on the scroll reels that I have is like meals that I prepped and would make and like these meals I mean they filled the plate but it would be like 20 brussels sprouts two slices of salmon and like you know some sweet potato fries it wasn't like I mean anybody would be enjoy themselves eating I don't know like about Brussels sprouts because some people are picking like but em. Yeah. I like them. Get them a little crispy in the air fryer. They're They're awesome. They they hit anyways. um, But yeah. So like I started eating these crazy amounts of food, but they were like super clean in the window of like in my intermediate fasting. And I was like, Oh, it's good. Like, and that's what really like hit my trigger. Like, so, and that's what I kind of do now. Like if I am like, if I'm going through a fight camp, that's what I'm going to hit it with. I'm going to hit it with, uh, I have like, I, I, I like to do, cause I'm kind of like, I have a pretty crazy sh- schedule. So I try to give myself the, like eight to six hours of eating like throughout the day. And then, but what I'm eating is like a lot of good stuff. Like a lot of good stuff. Like, man, I go through the price of eggs right now. It's just like, I might as well just like take out like a, like a loan, but yeah, I will go through like 12 eggs a day. Oh wow! When I'm like, yeah, I'm, I don't even play around. Like, I like I hard boil them sometimes, and then sometimes like I'll just like, like I'll wake up in the morning and I'll be like, all right, six, here we go, cholesterol, building block of testosterone, let's go. <laughs> right. Like, and I'll just hit that. But yeah, I think when you do intermediate fasting, you learn that you still have to eat cleaner, but you can eat a lot in that window.
2: Yeah, I think I think we live in a day and age where like. I I don't know, information gets out there in in the form of a 140 character tweet, right? And so it's like just be carnivore or just uh just be vegan or or you know, if you're keto, keto's the successful way, or eat clean. And I do believe that if you took people who subsisted off uh primarily a processed food diet. And moved them on to a whole foods diet, like what you're talking about, eating clean, right? Like one ingredient foods. You're eating sweet potato fries, which have sweet potatoes in them. Brussels sprouts are Brussels sprouts, chicken, chicken, right? It's 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 not in a box with 300 ingredients. It's not super processed. I think people would see a huge change. But I do think there are also people who are like, addicts like me who you tell me like you can eat as much of these single ingredient ingredient foods as you want and i'm gonna find a way to overeat them i'm gonna find a way to overeat for for me personally and so like i it it becomes this tricky thing because i think with anything it's like people want a one-word answer what's the one-word answer that will solve me and it's like eat clean okay some people are going to still overeat, you know, unfortunately. And, and, and so we live in this day and age where it's like, be compassionate. Okay. What does that mean? That means like, you know, anybody with any non-optimal situation, like being obese, we're going to just tell them that it's okay. And they don't have to work anymore. And that it becomes so tricky. All this stuff is so tricky. So like I eat the way you're talking about eating, that is the, the majority of the food I eat are one word ingredients, chicken, beef, uh, vegetables, Rice. rice. Yeah, that's, that's it. And that like, honestly is for me, I I'm with you. Like I can eat so much more of that feel better get the nutrition from it my body feels better I'm fuller and like it's just a better life for me but I I do I do get worried sometimes telling people like well just just eat clean because it's like there's a there's more sure. to it than that for some there people. is a hundred like, you're, you're also too. exercise you're also a professional athlete who works yeah. out three times a day
3: yeah, I also have like coaches like screaming out of the back of my head, like, go harder. And you're like, oh god. <laughs> yeah.
2: You're like, blacking out and your teammates holding you up
3: and saying, like, you yeah, you take just like, break. Oh, god, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely an outliner. Like, I definitely don't have like a, a, a normal lifestyle. Um, and I think <laughs> that you can't tell people, like, yeah, you can't just tell people to eat clean because like here's the thing: is like anybody anybody that has like um, gone through weight loss and has it has a success story from it or like has like pushed themselves and like have like hit, hit goals that they wanted to achieve. It's all different for them. Yeah. And I feel like, but like, it's all like the same side. It's like, almost it's like, the, it's like a highway. Like everyone goes off that, Oh, eat cleaner. And they go down that road. And it's like different for every single person, like their tire pops or their, their engine stops or like, you know, things just start getting in the way. Like the biggest thing is, is like, they have to learn for themselves. Right. Like you have to learn for yourself. You have to figure out like, okay, well, you know, Foz um, did it this way and he had great results, but like, I'm having it trickier this way. So like, what, what I do. And I think that's when, that's when you start benefiting from people around you. Like, Hey man, what I was like, we'll try this, you know, instead of running at night, you know, run in the morning, like, or instead of like eating, Like for one big thing is like, I learned that like in the morning I can, I'm like blessed with the aspect of like, I wake up and I'm like, I, I, uh, was it I float, you know, what floating is like, I'll like burn a ton of uh, calories when I sleep. So like when I wake up in the morning, I can like have like kind of a, a cheat meal almost every morning. If I want, if I want, I can have a cheat meal and it doesn't stay on. Right. Right. Like, I can have, like, I can go, you know, to Dunkin', go grab, like, a little, like, croissant with, like, some you know, sweet bacon or something. Or, like, just a donut. Is there but, really um, something
2: called sweet bacon at Dunkin' Donuts? Oh,
3: yeah. Holy shit, oh, yeah.
2: man. Yeah. I haven't been doing Dunkin' Donuts in years,
3: but it's fucking,
2: yeah. I'm imagining, like, candied bacon.
3: Yeah, it's just, like, you know, like, a sweet bacon. Sweet bacon, it's amazing. Oh, wow. I got bacon in my fridge. I got Bacon, was at Publix, like buy two, get one. What is that? Buy two, get one free. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to have like a ton of bacon. And I just yeah. like, God, what? I love bacon. Any doctor tells you bacon's bad. In excess, of course, don't eat like a pound of bacon, but bacon's pretty good, you know? <laughs> Where was I going? Yeah, but like you just have to, you got to learn what you can get away with. Yeah. Right. You got to learn, you got to learn your own like weight loss journey. Cause like for some people, like for some people, when I was heavier, dude, you couldn't get me to run. Yeah. And I was like, no way, dude. Like you're trying to, you're trying to tell a 315 pound man to run in the hills of Tennessee. You're out of your damn mind. So I was like a biker. I just biked. Yeah, I was just on that bike. Just now, now I can run. I can run. I mean, road running is tough. Cause you know, I'm, I'm 30 now and I am like I get my knees are beaten up from all the years of wrestling and jujitsu and boxing and kickboxing. So like when I get on the road and I run, I'm like, all right, we're going to do two miles and then we're done. And two miles for some people is a lot, but you know, I have friends that do like 15, like Evan Elder. I'll like, I'll see like Evan Elder. He's like, I just did like 25 miles, you know, God bless. This is awesome. And I'm just like, no way. I'm about to run 25 miles, you know, but yeah, you just have to find your own journey. I don't know. I'm kind of rambling, but. No, I,
2: I completely agree. I, I, I think that um. I think that the path to success can be, uh, you know, your motivation is not going to be my motivation and exactly what you did isn't necessarily going to be workable f- exactly for me. I think we're largely harmonious in that, like uh, eating clean works really well for me because I feel better and I'm able to do it long term. And it sounds like you are, too. Um, that doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to work for anybody, but, but I also worry that, um, people are, you know, don't have the time or inclination to find their own path, you know, which every single person I've talked to, no two people did it exactly the same way.
3: True. Yeah. And to like hit that is like, I feel like, and that's where you have to like start getting like, I don't know. I I, like, I hate the aspect because, because sometimes I feel like the the professional help is like so overpriced and so ridiculous. And sometimes like you go to a guy that like has professional help and they're just like, they're like, yeah, they tell you the same thing your friend did. And you're like, are you fucking serious? I just gave (laughs) you like a hundred dollars or whatever. But like, I think, that's when you start need to maybe like sometimes search for professional help, but you de- like, it's such a, um, a diluted industry. Sometimes yeah. like I, like one, one nutritionist that i known since I was like uh super young, like Tyler Midden, he actually, he's a, he was actually a fighter. And I think he helped uh, Daniel Colmere and he's like a chef. He's like, bro, the, the guy can cook, but like, he's very much like, he'll tell you the real shit. he's like, nah, dude, you're just being a fat ass. Like this is what you need to eat. You know? And like, this is what you need to do. And this is, this is like, he gets down to like the chemical like levels and, Oh, he's like a scientist. He went to school for it. You know what I mean? Like nutrition and like sports medicine and all that stuff. So, so that's when you really need to start like maybe reach out to people like that. Cause like, I feel like they're definitely in that, they're in that field for a reason They're in that field to help you. Cause like, I mean, I don't know. Are you a sports nutritionist? Am I a new sports? No, I'm not. I, I couldn't tell you like how many micro whatever grams are in or something. And like, they really get it down to where, you know, you and I really don't understand it, but it will help. It'll help us in the long run. Like it'll help us like, see the results we're trying to get. You know. Yes.
2: Uh, Yes. I also think for you, it's your job. Like you,
0: you,
2: you got like, the average Joe doesn't necessarily need to see that guy. They can still have success without. True, you, It's a good thing that you're seeing guys like that because. Well, no,
3: I didn't. I've never seen them, but I'm saying like, I feel like when you start seeing like you don't have results and people are having struggles, they need to reach out to people yes. like that.
2: Yeah, Yeah. And people like you and people they know who are, active and fit. Like, I think there's nothing wrong with talking to a person who's never struggled with their weight. Uh, And and I think there will be aspects about them that's hard to relate to where they just, those people sometimes are not compelled to eat. Right. But how active are they? How much time do they spend standing up? How many active steps do they have every day? And do they put their fork down before they're plate is clean. You know, like just stuff like that, I think is interesting because I do think there is something to that where if I understand that I'm predisposed to eating to the point of being stuffed, then I got to work on that. You know, that's what I have to work on. Whatever it is, you know, you lost a hundred pounds and are a professional athlete. That's fucking huge.
3: I just kept on grinding. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, it's funny. You were talking about like, it's hard to connect with people, like a personal trainer that's never been heavy. Like, cause like a lot of times I feel like that's a huge issue too. Cause like you have guys that are like 300 pounds and they hire a personal trainer and he's telling them to do all this stuff. And you know, he's like, he's like, bro, you were never 300 pounds. Right. And they're like, yeah, I wasn't not. And then, and it, it and it, but the thing is, is there, there are, there are hundreds of people out there you just got to find them. You know what I mean? Like me, you, uh, I don't know like other people that are, he- you know, heavier in the beginning is like came to the body weight that they're happy with. But like, that is such a, that's another like thing that like, I guess earlier, the things we were talking about of America's problems and a lot of times all these personal trainers are like shredded and they've always been shredded. Sometimes they don't relate to someone that was heavier. Yeah. Like, Cause yeah. I I actually, I actually do remember the times where I was like, You know, I was kind of like always like body positive, but I remember the times like, I don't want to take my shirt off right now at the lake. I'm I'm okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right.
2: I think that it's easy to find any fit person and say, how do do you get fit and stay fit? What's more difficult is to find the aspects of uh, being obese that are going to help you navigate achieving success on that path right because like yeah. what is it don't eat more than you more than your energy needs and work out like okay it's very simple and straightforward it's it's diet and exercise that's the key right those are the mechanics but then there's like okay but what do i do when uh, you know i'm at a social event and I have raging anxiety
3: and the way
2: I've often dealt with that is by eating. Like, let's talk about that. You're like those pigs in a blanket.
3: Yeah. That part you're at the party and the pigs in the blanket. You're like, Oh my God, I could eat like 20 of them. (laughs) Yeah. I'm
2: like standing in a corner feeling like an asshole. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking to anybody. And if I just go and eat, at least I'm doing something and now participating, like whatever fucking rationalization is happening that makes you want to Eat in social like there's a lot there that the fucking fit guy isn't even thinking about that because he's got confidence and he's talking to girls yeah. and he's like super comfortable and he he's not eating because he ate dinner before he came to the party and he's not thinking about food but I'm thinking about food thinking all about the fucking that time
3: yeah yeah so there's you know what's like- so funny you're saying this right now and we're like saying this uh and if anybody's like like people that are listening um my mother always used to say like if you're hungry, go drink some water. Right. And like, so when I was having those struggles in those situations, like when I was like trying to lose weight and I was heavy and I was like, I would go to like social events and they're like, Oh, slice of cake. I was like, Oh snap. I would always drink water. Yeah. And that's a, that's a pointer. Like you can drink water to the point where you're like, it literally your body will be like, yo, you're full. Right. Yo, you're full. And like, don't get me wrong. You're going to look kind of crazy with like, Seventeen water bottles, like like buy you as you're just like, Ugh. but like drinking water is a huge helpful thing. If you have a craving in the aspects of like, oh, uh, you're not hungry and you want that urge to eat something, but you know you shouldn't, just drink like a half a gallon of water and yeah. just wait ten minutes. Wait ten minutes after that. I mean, you might have to pee, but just wait ten minutes after that. It will be a lot easier to manage. Yeah, like that. That's what I found. Like having that full of water, you're like, oh, I'm kind of. All right, this is easier to manage, you know, and not don't drink like a gallon, like a half a gallon of milk or a half gallon of like soda or just drink a half a gallon of water. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's great. That helps. Garrett. Thank you so much. Drink that water. Drink that water.
3: Yeah, no problem man. any time. And it was a pleasure like to, you know, trade a little bit uh, stories and advice and stuff like that. And and thank you for having me. Um, And I'll see you in the gym for sure.
0: Yes, sir. And now for the Q&A. Today's question comes from Ian. Hi, Ian. Ian says, thanks for all you share and do, as well as the fantastic screen performances. He says, I had a question about maintenance phases. I know you've talked quite a bit about them and recommend them. I've changed up my eating and started throwing kettlebells around and have finally gotten some progress after years of thinking that just running longer and longer will do the trick. In fact, I'd usually put more weight on. Anyway, I've dropped about 25 pounds and lost 5% of my BMI. That's about halfway to my goal. And I wanted to make sure... That's
2: fucking got- huge, by the way. 5% of the BMI. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He says, I wanted to make sure I got a maintenance period in there. So when and for how long should I include a maintenance phase? Thanks a bunch.
2: I believe the literature suggests that you should do a maintenance phase after a few months of hard dieting and that it could be up to twice the length of the diet you were just on. So if you diet for three months, you could do up to six months of maintenance people aren't going to want to do that so you could just do the same amount like a three-month maintenance period Um, and i say people aren't going to want to do that i never wanted to do that Um, it seems very like uh, i've still got this goal and i'm working hard and not seeing any progress because you're not really um seeing uh getting the re- the progression rewards that you get well on a diet, uh, you're not seeing your hormones come back into balance. And it's all happening very slowly. So at the end of a maintenance period, you might go, wow, yes, I feel so much better than I did three months ago. Um but you're not losing weight. So whatever's motivating you to do a diet isn't is, is going to go away for the maintenance period. Um you know, the way I think of it is that's really the way you have to eat at the end of the diet if you don't want to gain weight. So for me, and what I would suggest to anybody who's contemplating it is do many maintenance, do them like three months of dieting, three months of maintenance, because you're only learning how to live the rest of your life. That's life. Eat the foods that you want to be eating for the rest of your life. Just eat them in a way that, you know, doesn't, you don't gain weight. Like that's the whole game. That's the entire game of dieting, in my opinion, is success isn't, you know, you take away food, you lose weight, you give food back, you gain weight. Like the fuck wants to do that. That's awful. So Mm -hmm. if, if you, if you want to strategize and get really good at not gaining weight, that's when you do it. That's when you figure that out. You figure out like, you know, for me, if I'm eating a pint of Halo top every night before I go to bed, that starts to fuck me up. So I can't do that. And that's not a really good maintenance plan. Halo top and enlightened. And even though they're like, you know, light ice creams. Those are still occasional things for me. Um, mm-hmm. But like I do have, I have a good maintenance plan now where it's not, there's not a, a huge amount of thought that goes into it. I can go well, like, for instance, right now I'm in Toronto working and maintenance is just fine. It's easy. You know, I can go out to eat if I want to. I can go to the grocery store. I'm not, I don't have any food scales with me um, and it's perfectly fine. That took a long time for me um, to figure that out and to get really good at that and practice it enough while in the midst of losing weight that I didn't, you know, go off to uh, Toronto for work and gain a bunch of weight because I wasn't – I didn't have my food scale. You know what I mean? And so my suggestion is do as many and for as long maintenance, maintenance periods as you possibly can. That's, that's what I would suggest to Ian.
0: Love it. Well, Ian, let us know how you do. Congratulations on your success so far. And if anyone else has a question for Ethan, you can email it to us at americanglutton.net.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee. You can follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.